0: You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, your attention, your
0: attention please. please. Now, batting now batting for Fantasy for Sports, for Sports, Sports, Sports Radio Network, Fan Rock Fantasy Baseball, the host, and Melchior, Fan Fantasy Baseball.
1: Welcome everybody, thank you for tuning in, and you are tuning in to FanRag Fantasy Baseball. I'm your host, Al Melchior, and uh, I've got an hour of uh, information and fun planned for you here. i uh, got a lot of uh, injury updates, in fact a couple that just uh, came across my Twitter feed in the last few minutes. Uh, a look ahead to week 24, this is going to be a really interesting week, uh, if you're you're still in the hunt for a title. Uh, you've got some interesting pitching choices. You've got some maybe unexpected hitting dilemmas. Uh, talk about all of that, and of course, review some of the big Friday performances, including the return, long-awaited return of Justin Bohr. So uh, I'm going to get right right to it. Lot to get to, uh, and I just saw this one in the last few minutes. Jimmy Nelson is out for the rest of the 2017 season this was a surprise to uh, a lot of folks i think including people in the brewers organization he's got a a right rotator cuff and he actually pitched an inning with it on friday Uh, nelson had a very good outing on friday i was all prepared to talk about how jimmy nelson is you know back from his mini slump that he had and Had uh, back-to-backs per performances. Well, that that was the last one for the year. Out for the 2017 season with a right rotator cuff. Uh, So uh, bad news for the Brewers. Bad news probably for uh, a lot of fantasy owners who really could have used Nelson in the coming week. Also, uh, just from today's games uh, that have just started, Carlos Gomez uh, left early with uh, an ankle injury. I'm just trying to see if I can get anything more on this. Uh, so, apparently, uh, a twisted ankle for Gomez. I'll uh, check in, uh, try checking during the break, see if I can get more for you on that development there. Uh, but uh, Paul Goldschmidt yesterday sat out for the fifth straight game with a sore elbow. Uh, the team has been just saying that they're playing it safe with Goldschmick. In fact, it was initially anticipated he might be able to return on Friday. Uh, Devin Backs is playing a night game tonight, so um, probably not going to see the lineup for that in the next hour, but I will certainly check back. Carlos Rodon is done most likely for the 2017 season. White Sox placed him on the 10-day DL with left shoulder inflammation. Uh, and uh, Kelvin Herrera has been removed from the closers role by Ned Yost. So this one looked like it was, it was coming down the tracks. Uh, Herrera was pulled recently from two different appearances with some forearm issues, came back, was not effective, uh, and in fact pitched last night in a non-save situation. So Royals are going committee with Scott Alexander, Mike Miner, and Brandon Maurer. Uh, it's actually been Alexander that's that's kind of mopped up for Herrera in uh, several different appearances in the last uh, week or so. So uh, that's just the beginning. So lots more news to come. And like I say, looking back to yesterday's performance, looking ahead to next week. And if you got uh, questions, line of questions, send them to me on Twitter, AlMilk, your BB. Uh I will answer them right here on the show. So going to head to break, be right back, all kinds of stuff.
0: In 2016, Scott Engel predicted an impressive second season from Melvin Gordon. Jake Seeley recommended Jordan Howard. Bobby McMahon forecasted a JGI breakthrough. George Kurtz saw a big year coming from Matt Ryan. And Joe Galena picked Rashard Matthews as one of his top sleepers. These predictions turn fantasy owners into champions, and the same crew returns this year. With more savvy calls in the exclusive Edge Fantasy Football Package at RotoExperts.com. Don't miss the calls that create winners. Register now and enter free radio at checkout for a special discount.
1: Welcome back, everybody. This is Fan Rag Fantasy Baseball. I'm your host, Al Melchior. And uh, as I had uh, said just right before the uh, end of the, the first segment there, that uh, yeah, if you've got uh, lineup questions, since uh, if you uh, have not been uh, keeping up with the show, uh, we switch to one time a week. Just the Saturday show is the only time uh, during football season that we're going to be on. So I'll do my best to, to handle your questions uh, concerns for the week ahead. Of course, there are just three weeks left in the regular season and in the fantasy season. Uh, but last week, uh, I, I saved the questions for the end of the show, and then ran out of time. So uh, I apologize again for that. So I'm going to uh, take the questions uh, as they come in. So this one from at Jamie underscore Sayre. Uh, very simply put here, Lonnie Chisenhall or Jose Bautista? And I, I would go Chisholm Hall with that one. And I have real concerns about both because I, I don't trust that Chisholm Hall is going to play uh, when there's a lefty. And uh, there's going to be at least two lefty starters on the Indian schedule this coming week. But uh, they also have a seven-game schedule, so that would give uh, Chisholm Hall a chance to start five. And I think Chisholm Hall could do more in five than Bautista could potentially do in seven. Blue Jays also have a seven-game schedule. Uh, they've got an awful lot of flyball pitchers that they're gonna have to face and Bautista has not hit them well. Um, so I would uh, I would actually give the edge to uh, Lonnie Chisholm there. So thanks very very much uh, for the the question Jamie and hope that hope that helps. So uh, let me get back to uh, to the news uh, just really kind of hit the highlights in the first segment. Mike Mustakas was out on Friday with a knee injury, maybe out on uh, Saturday that being today as well and uh, Royals have uh, a six fifteen central time start at home against the twins, so again probably not likely to see that one in the next hour or so, uh, but the reports are that uh, Mustak is probably not going to uh, not going to be playing today with that knee issue so it uh, doesn't sound like a serious one. Sounds like more of a precaution, but you know, Saturday being what it is, uh, you definitely need to uh, check on that before the Monday lineup uh, uh, deadline to be sure. And while we're talking about players being out today, um, Astros and A's have a doubleheader in Oakland. First, uh, excuse me. First uh, game is uh, set to start at 105 Pacific. So that uh that one's coming up just a little little while. And uh no Josh Reddick in the lineup for the Astros and no Yuli Guriel. So you got Tyler White at first base. Uh let's see, we got uh Derek Fisher in left field, the Jake Marisnik playing center, Springer and right, might as well get the whole outfield uh out there for uh for that one. And Juan Centeno, uh, which I always want to put a tilde on that one. Uh but Juan Centeno is uh, the catcher batting ninth for the Astros, so uh, definitely a d- different lineup there in the first game. Maybe we'll see something more typical uh, for the uh, for the nightcap there for the Astros. And uh, getting back to some other news items: Josh Donaldson uh, out against the Tigers with an illness, and uh, let's check in on on that one. That's um, all right, well, uh, that's going uh, good start. Also, uh, in not too distant future there. That's a, is that right? Three or four? Oh, that's a, I'm sorry, 407 start in Toronto. So a little bit of a late start there. But um, Donaldson was out yesterday with an illness and apparently going to be out again today uh, against the Tigers in that one. Uh, Scott Service says that Felix Hernandez and James Paxton are going to re-enter the rotation next week. Uh, The order has not been determined yet. One will face the Rangers. The other will face the Astros. Uh, So good news, but not great news because neither one is slated to pitch more than 60 pitches in their starts. That goes for both Paxton and Hernandez. So um, step in the right direction. It doesn't sound like you can start them next week, but since they'll be back in the rotation, you know, maybe hold out hope that you can use uh, Paxton Hernandez in week 25. I just I really can't. I do this every year, but I just can't believe when we get into these uh, mid-20s weeks here. Season goes by so fast. Steven Souza left yesterday's game early for the Rays uh, after... Colliding with the side outfield wall and right field, he is day-to-day with a bruised left knee. So the initial reactions that I saw looked like uh, you know people were very concerned. This is going to be a very serious injury, uh, but Souza just day-to-day, but not expected to play today uh, for what that's worth. Kyle McHugh also left his game uh, early on, um, on Friday only pitched three innings. Uh, this is at Oakland against the A's had a tear in his fingernail. And apparently this is something that McHugh has dealt with in past seasons. So it's, it's not an absolute given that McHugh is going to make his next start, which was one, as far as one star pitchers go, I was sort of excited about he was going to face the angels. He was going to face them at their park at angel stadium. And I've talked about this quite a bit in recent weeks, but McHugh, has uh really been a very extreme fly ball pitcher this year big departure i mean he's he's been fly ball leaning in the past but i mean he's his ground ball rate has been right around thirty percent In fact I think it's come up like it was around i think twenty five percent now it's up to maybe you know thirty ish uh still very very low ground ball rate so uh he's a little tricky in some of the tougher venues against some of the tougher teams. I've had a little bit of difficulty wrapping my head around exactly what sort of matchup the Angels are right now, because before where Mike Trout was the only really serious threat in that lineup, um, and of course for a period of time he wasn't even in the lineup. So uh, you know then even with Trout back in lineup, it was pretty easy to pick on them as a favorable matchup. But now that they've added Justin Upton and, and also Brandon Phillips, it's a little tougher. But I still I liked that matchup. For Colin McHugh, may not make that start now. So keep that one in mind when you're setting your uh, Week 24 rotations in the next couple of days. And Brandon Belt is still, uh, more than a month after playing his uh, last game for the Giants, still feeling concussion symptoms and is expected that he is out for the rest of the season. So at least three players here that i have talked about. Brandon Belt, Carlos Rodon. And uh, Jimmy Nelson, all uh, likely out for the season. Nelson, I think, is definite. And actually, Rodon, uh, now I'm looking back at my notes here. That, that one is definite as well. So Rodon and Nelson out for the season. Brandon Belt, very likely out for the rest of the season as well. Uh, let's just take a moment to check in on some games in progress because I mentioned the Carlos Gomez injury, Rangers Yankees. So he's out of there. Um, Drew Robinson has been slotted in in Gomez's place. That one is scoreless. Another good Andrew Kashner start so far, and and for the Yankees, Luis Severino no hitter through four innings, five strikeouts, one walk. Like it's have to. Check up on that one. Kashner uh pitching right now. Uh bot or I'm sorry, top of the fifth, uh one out in the top of the fifth. Uh and of course got a shutout going with uh, three hits and a walk, three strikeouts for Andrew Kashner. So that one's shaping up to be a pretty interesting game. And Indians uh maybe on the way to yet another win. They are leading the Orioles two to one. And lots of people, maybe because the 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 pickings were Kind of slim, but got a lot of questions about whether or not to stream Tomlin today. I thought this was going to be a high-scoring game, at least for the Indians. Uh, Tomlin pitching against that powerful Indians, or or, uh, uh, Orioles lineup, rather. Didn't like that at all, but uh, Tomlin really holding his own. Uh, Just one run allowed. Not a home run, by the way. Uh, Three hits, no walks, a couple of strikeouts for Tomlin. So pitching the story so far in the first uh, couple of of games here and then uh, got a uh, few games that are going to be uh, starting a little bit later in the afternoon. So keep an eye on lineups for that one. Uh, all right. Well, looking ahead uh, in the show, I should say, because I'm actually going to be looking behind <laughs> in terms of the next couple of segments. uh Going to talk a little bit about the return of Justin Bohr finally back from his oblique strain, and, and I would say a pretty encouraging return for him. And there was a real slugfest yesterday between uh, the Phillies and the Nationals. And on, on each side, a couple of uh, intriguing performances. And yes, Reese Hoskins did homer, but he's not one of the players that I'm going to highlight from that game. Uh, but a couple others that really uh, not only had good games, but kind of put up a punctuation mark on some good performances of late for them. So all of that to look forward to in the next segment. And, of course, going to take any questions that you have, going to take a look ahead to week 24. So stick around. i got lots more for you. Be right back after this break. Welcome back, everybody. You are listening to FanRag Fantasy Baseball. I'm your host, Al Melchior. And uh, did a little bit of a review of the lineups before, but did not get to the weather. Uh, but we could do this real quick, because uh, almost everywhere uh, there is a major league game, uh, there is uh, some good weather. And uh, i take this opportunity also to say that uh, if I've got anybody listening from... Uh, Florida or Georgia, anywhere that is an Irma's path. Please stay safe, be well. Uh, as far as uh, the rest of the country goes, um, the only place uh, where it looks like there's some chance of a delay, and I, I don't think this could be a cancellation, uh, the Rays uh, up in Boston. Uh, so that's a 10, or I'm sorry, 7:10 Eastern start at Fenway, and a 35% precipitation chance at game time that goes down uh, thereafter. So um, that one may be just a bit of delay. Um, so I think you can pretty much set your your lineups without worry uh, for uh, the slate, uh, particularly tonight. And uh, that one is, uh, by the way, Chris Sale and Matt Andrew. So if you're worried about Chris Sale, looks like it should, should be fine for that one. Uh, also just got a... Lineup question on the Twitter machine here. This from at D Lavelle to uh, one asking just for tonight. Uh, speaking of that uh, Red Sox game, this was not planned at all, but uh, provide a nice segue for me. Uh, so thank you very much. Uh, Eduardo Nunez or AJ Pollock just for tonight in a points league. And I actually would go, and this has nothing to do with the rain chance there, but I, um, I would go with AJ Pollock in that one, just because that one is in Arizona. You got Yelich scene going for the Padres, who has been unstoppable at Petco Park, but pretty hittable everywhere else. Good park, uh, obviously uh, Chase Field there. So I'd give him a little bit of the edge over Nunez, but yeah, that's that's a tough one. Um, and uh, yeah, Nunez that uh, would be against Matt Andres, uh for that one. All right, so uh, thank you again for the questions. And uh, getting back to the Friday highlights, and just aboard performance-wise, I don't think you would necessarily you know call it a highlight, but just the fact that uh, he's back, back in the Marlins lineup, as has been reported, expected, anticipated for uh, the last several days, maybe even last week or so. And you know, while it wasn't a, a total blowout performance, not like some of the other ones we're going to talk about. You have to be encouraged. He doubled his 16th double of the season. He walked in four plate appearances, so getting base, uh, getting on base twice. Your first game back with an extra base hit, that's pretty encouraging for the Justin Bohr owner. So uh, good news there for uh, for Bohr. And uh, but getting to some of those big time performances, Jose Reyes was our two homer club member for Friday's games. Numbers 11 and 12 on the season, and both were against Amir Garrett. So I definitely had my eye on this game because I wanted to see if uh, Garrett was going to, you know, fare well uh, after, you know, getting off to a great start this season, then having all sorts of injury issues, um, performance wise, also really tailing off. Uh, So that first start back for Garrett, not a very good one, and again, gave up the two home runs to, to Reyes. I hadn't. You know, this hadn't really stood out for me. Uh, I'm sure it was something I came across at some point in the season. And certainly the two homer games make a big difference in terms of Reyes' splits against lefties. But they're quite good. Uh, he's got a 276, 355, 520 slash line now against left-handed pitchers. And this is a, was a good time for us fantasy owners for Jose Reyes to hit two homers off a lefty And for us to check that out, because the Mets are scheduled to face four left-handed starters as of right now. They've got the Cubs and the Braves next week, both on the road. So Reyes, you know, Reyes actually, I I had been sort of looking at him for next week, more for the stolen bases, because the Cubs and the Braves have not really been great in that regard. Uh, You know, the Braves in, in particular have two catchers that are notorious for um, not doing a good job of of controlling the running game. And, of course, I'm I'm talking about the recently reactivated Tyler Flowers and also Kurt Suzuki. But the Cubs have not really excelled that much there. I haven't looked at Renee Rivera's numbers this year, but I imagine they're not bad. Um, But Alex Avila has struggled in that regard, and Wilson Contreras could quite likely uh, be back next week. So just from the stolen base angle, I thought Reyes was an intriguing ad for next week and he is widely available, but you know, you can add to that, you know, first of all, have, he'll have maybe more opportunities with all those lefties on the schedule uh, to get those stolen bases, but uh, you know, <laughs> it's, you know, kind of a, uh, a byproduct. you It could help you know, a bunch of other categories as well. So something to, to think of. And again, thank you Amir Garrett for helping me put all these pieces together. Michael Taylor, even though he just had one home run, probably had the most noteworthy game on Friday. Four-hit game for him where he filled up the box score with the, his 15th home run of the year, his third triple of the year, and his 14th stolen base against the Phillies. And I found it interesting. I've got to actually, I've got to lump two players together from this game. Because Nick Williams on the other side of the box score also had four hits, also homered, his 10th homer of the year and in far less time than Michael Taylor. Um, no stolen base for Nick Williams, so it's not you know perfect symmetry here. But both are doing pretty well in terms of batting average, even though their peripherals would suggest that these are not players you should count on for batting average. Michael Taylor is hitting 270, and he has a 31% strikeout rate. Those things don't typically go together, and when they do go together, you know there's a BABIP story there. <laughs> there's a story on what's going on when balls are put in play. And in the case of Michael Taylor, he's hitting 337 on ground balls. That's roughly 100 points below the Major League norm. 337 batting average on ground balls, so that is really working hard to boost his overall batting average, which again is at 270 on the season for Michael Taylor. And Things you also often see go together are a ground ball batting average that's maybe in the neighborhood of three hundred and a lot of stolen bases. So you are seeing speed play a role for Michael Taylor there, but it's not like he's, you know, up high on the leaderboard in terms of infield hits. I believe he's got a dozen of them, which is fine. Um, but that alone certainly doesn't doesn't really explain it. So I realize, you know, with three weeks left in the season that uh, you know, regression is is not as compelling of a, a storyline as you know it is in week twelve or something. Uh, so this is probably just as much for thinking ahead to 2018 as it is to thinking ahead to week 24. But um, yeah, I, I I'm having a lot of trouble buying into the batting average for Michael Taylor. And you know, next year, of course, is going to be a real different story because is is he going to have regular playing time? there in in dc is he you know maybe he's is he going to be traded what's you know what's his future going to hold i mean those are all questions we can't answer for for quite a while uh in the shorter term of things uh i would would hold a little bit of skepticism for what taylor is doing but on the other hand i do think that he's a legit power speed source not an elite one but in a 14 team mixed league sort of way he's he has some value So uh, if if, you know, particularly this part of the season, you really do have to look at the the categories if you're in any sort of category league and see where you need help and where you're kind of locked into position. So Michael Taylor is just the sort of player where you you have to be careful um, because right now it looks like he's giving you something close to across the board production. I mean, 270 isn't fantastic as a batting average, but it's not, you know, it's certainly not going to hurt you. But in reality, I think going forward, Michael Taylor maybe does hurt you in batting average, if that's an area of need. Uh, now, Nick Williams is batting 285, and he's got an even more extreme negative <laughs> supporting stat. He is swinging at pitches that are outside of the strike zone at a 42% rate. A normal rate is around 30. That is extreme. It is extremely not good. And I have to admit, and looking at the batting average and having some skepticism, the very first place I went to on his staff page was to look at that O swing percentage on fangraphs. Um, the, the percentage of uh, pitches outside the zone that he swings at. Because Williams, uh, for for all of his good skills, that is something he struggled with for much of his minor, minor league career is plate discipline. So he definitely, you know, I saw 285 average. I thought, oh, maybe. You know, the, the, the walk rate is a, is a little below average, but maybe, you know, I thought maybe he got more selective. So when I saw that 42%. That was a real uh, eye-opener for me. But on the other end of things, on the positive end, there's a lot about Nick Williams that I actually really like that he's done as a Philly. Now, he's, he's hit, hit 10 home runs now because that 10th one against the Nationals on Friday. He, he's done it just despite a 52% ground ball rate. And he's only pulling the ball at a 31% rate. And that number in particular is a big departure from what he did in the minor leagues. So he, too, like Michael Taylor, hitting very well on balls in play, overall a 365 batting average on balls in play. And given what he's doing, something close to that, maybe not 365, but maybe, you know, 335, 340, maybe that's sustainable for Nick Williams if he keeps using the whole field not going overboard uh, either with pulling or with hitting fly balls, maybe he, you know, despite the, the, the poor plate discipline, which hopefully over the longer, t- longer uh, time gets better, um, you know, maybe this is something he can come, come close to sustaining. So anyway, think about that for a while. You got a few minutes to think about that because we are going to head to break. But when I come back, more, more, more standout performances from yesterday's games. So stick around for that. I'll be right back.
0: Ezekiel Elliott, Carl Anthony Towns, Corey Seager. Those are the rookies of the year. Much like the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. The fastest-growing fantasy sports network on radio is completely free 24-7. Listen to us live at FNTSY.com slash radio or download the app right now in the Google Play Store or on iTunes.
1: Welcome back, everybody. This is Fan Rag Fantasy Baseball. I'm your host, Al Melchior. And uh, see, I a couple of questions that uh, came in on Twitter, uh, so definitely handle those right away. Uh, and one of them actually relates to something uh, I was going to mention anyway, which is that uh, Kyle Schwarber is once again out of the Cubs lineup. Um, and there's another thing I want to – actually, I'm going to mention it right now because I know I will forget since I'm just kind of doing this one off the cuff. But I was talking about Alex Avila earlier in the show – and how he's not been really great at controlling the running game. And actually, during the break, I looked up his, his current numbers. He's doing a, a bit better, uh, but still below average in terms of his ratio of runners thrown out uh, to attempts. But today, or I should say, uh, no, it is today, day game. Uh, Brewers at Cubs. Hernan Perez is getting the start second base and leading off. So if you need steals for today, there's an intriguing possibility. And uh, Cam Broxton, also in that lineup, batting seventh. So a couple players there maybe pick up a steal um, and facing the lefty Mike Montgomery. Uh, anyhow, let me get back to the questions before I totally lose my train of thought here. Uh, this is another one from at uh, underscore Sayer: One start P- Peters or two start Junis. Uh, although Peters may make three starts next week. He's got Peters at Philadelphia. And uh, unless something has changed since the last time I looked at this, no, Peters could start against the Brewers a week from Sunday. So, but you know, this time of year, unless it's a seven game week with a Monday start, and maybe not even then, you can't always count on the, the projected two star pitchers making two starts. So, fair enough. But Peters at Philadelphia, maybe versus Milwaukee versus Junis versus Milwaukee at Cleveland. Uh, and he's got a 30-team league and doesn't love the Cleveland start for Junis. Yeah, I uh, I can understand that. That, that. that is a tough one. Um, I'd still go Junis, you know what? Just because Peters has only made two starts, those are really good matchups. But uh, I, I just, frankly, just I trust Junis a little bit more. And I don't, I, you know, I trust him enough that while he might not have a great start against the Indians... I don't think it's going to be a one that's going to ruin the week. So very, very close call there. I'd go with Junis. Uh, But if you're not, you know, you're not sure, it's a very close one. I personally would go with Jun- Junis. All right. Uh, and then here's the Schwarber thing from at Kodat2. Time to cut bait with Kyle Schwarber. Sitting against righties now. Thanks. I, I would say in 12-team mixed. Yeah, I probably I probably would. And the problem is that, uh, at least just for next week, there are several catchers with really bad matchups. So I would say probably just check your alternatives first uh, if you're a Schwarber owner, but definitely check your alternatives. Like Just don't plug them in there. If And again, I'm talking catcher because I'm thinking catcher because I've got Schwarber in a Yahoo League uh, where he's eligible there. Uh, but if you're playing CBS, uh, I think he's only outfield eligible uh, offhand. I can't remember what the deal is over uh, in ESPN leagues, but uh, you know, catcher particularly, if you're using Schwarber as a catcher, uh, just be aware that there's a lot of catchers that maybe don't look great for next week, higher end catchers. Uh, I know Yosemite Grandal was one that I didn't like very much for next week. Uh, but, you know, as, as far as outfield goal goes, I would say definitely three outfielder leagues. Um, you can you can just move on. Rest the season from Kyle Schwarber. I feel good about that. Five outfielder leagues. I would I, again. I would I would uh, treat it like I would with catcher. I would check my alternatives. Chances are probably you can find uh, someone uh, that 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 can maybe help you more and and play more consistently. And uh, I've got a question here about two start pitchers. Uh, let me see if I can look at this without too much of a delay. Here. And, uh, you know, I'm going to hold this one. This question is from at Smalls2249. So, uh, Mr. Smalls, I'm going to put this one off until a later segment in the show because we're going to talk two-star pitchers and almost everybody on your roster is something I'm going to talk about. So stay tuned for that one. All right, well, uh, so I make sure that I get to that discussion of two-star pitchers and just an overall Week 24 preview. Let me uh, get to uh, some of these performances from Friday. A couple other hitters that are definitely worth mentioning. One is uh, Brandon Crawford, who went 3-for-5 with his 31st double at the White Sox, and he's hot. He's very, very hot. Tw- last 20 games, he's hit three eighty-four with four homers and ten doubles. A double every other game for Brandon Crawford over his last 20 games. And he is backing that up with a 38% hard contact rate. So, you know, I think over these uh, last few weeks, maybe Brandon Crawford is back to where he was a couple years ago. A shortstop that you can start just about everywhere. But I do want to make a caution here that he has had pretty consistently bad splits at AT AT&T Park. That is the hazard of being a San Francisco Giant. You got, Possibly the worst park for hitters in the major leagues. And during this 20-game stretch, now the Giants are currently playing at guaranteed rate field. That's pretty good hitter's park, especially for for power. Uh, And then there have been series at Arizona and at Colorado. And he's done a lot of the damage in those three venues. So just bear that in mind. But the hard contact rate, that's legit. So I think that the reality reality here is somewhere between the actual stats that Crawford's put up, and um, you know what he has done prior to that. So I, I think he's legitimately on a hot streak, legitimately somebody to consider. Uh, but in week twenty four, the week coming up, two home series for the Giants versus the the Dodgers versus the Diamondbacks. So you're back in possibly the worst hitter's park in the major leagues. Against two teams with really good deep rotations, so <laughs> maybe the thing to do is if you have the room, stash Brandon Crawford, but don't start him next week. I would not. Not outside of I probably I'd say fifteen team mix is probably the shallowest league where I would even consider it. But uh, I, I, nonetheless, I'm very intrigued. Uh, Carlos Gonzalez hit his 10th home run of the season on Friday against the Dodgers at uh, Dodger Stadium. Two games in a row now for Cargo with home runs. And in the month of of September, uh, he is 10 for 21. And he also has to go with the two home runs. He has five doubles in the still very young month of September. He also has eight strikeouts in 21 at-bats. So he has a, a BABIP. That's like in the 700s. Uh, so, again, sort of like with Brandon Crawford, there's a bit of a mixed message here that there's enough power there that I think that Gonzalez is is busting out of a slump, to be sure, a long, long, season-long slump. But I wouldn't go overboard with this, especially in terms of batting average. Um, So, you know, that said, uh, Rockies this week... They're uh, at Arizona for four games, home versus the Padres for three games. That's a pretty nice schedule. So I think Gonzalez goes in the category of somebody you consider starting for next week, but despite the hot start to the month, would not quite call him must start just yet. Lots of good and interesting pitcher performances from Friday, but I'm going to start with one that is certainly interesting and intriguing, but was not good, and that is Chris Archer against the Red Sox, lasting only three innings and giving up nine hits. Six earned runs, eight runs total, but five strikeouts and a walk. So there's a line that's kind of all over the place. And a lot of that damage occurred in the fourth inning. Uh, so three innings officially, but um, didn't get an out in the fourth inning. And it was just like ground ball after ground ball. Hard hit, to be sure. And Archer made a comment post-game about not commanding his pitches. Uh I, I would say from, from what I saw that yeah, I mean the the pitches were you know certainly middle of the zone vertically, um but uh you know not not you know dead center. So, you know, I, I'll take his word for it. <laughs> I get the you know, they certainly were pitches that you know major leaguers were able to get a hold of and and you know and hit with authority, but it's not like uh, you know, It was like line drives and and fly balls, uh, you know, going going deep. And it just didn't look that bad to me, to be honest. So Archer could certainly do better. But um, I would would not rule him out next week, barring, you know, there's any further developments because this was the first start after he was pulled early from the previous start with uh, a forearm issue, which sounds very scary to me. But uh, he gets the Yankees, but he gets them at home. Uh, Next week, Archer. So not a must start. But uh, I I would probably lean against using Archer. But I just don't think that it it was as bad as as the line would make it look for him. Um, Mike Clevenger, on the other hand, very, very good start for him. Six scoreless innings, seven strikeouts. That's three straight games started now where he has not allowed a run. Uh, The Royals, the Tigers, and now the Orioles. The Orioles are really the first of those three teams that would really scare me. He's allowing a lot of of fly ball still, Mike Clevenger. Um, So I'm not entirely buying this hot streak, but I am absolutely buying the hot streak from Luke Weaver, uh, who went five and two thirds scoreless. Um, seven strikeouts, no walks, seven hits, and he suddenly become a ground ball pitcher, which is amazing. So Luke Weaver is absolutely must start. One last note to get in here because I know we're going to be heading to break any moment now. Well, Nacasio got the four out save in that one. So just when you thought Tyler Lyons maybe he had that thing wrapped up, uh, Lyons was available, didn't come into the game. So you saw Brebbia come in, then you saw Nacasio get a four out save for the Cardinals so still looks very much like a committee there Uh, that'll be an interesting one to watch uh, over the next few days or so anyhow uh, one more break and then we come back take a look ahead to a very what should be a very interesting week 24 so stick around
0: Packed with tons of in-depth insights from the industry's top experts, we get you fully prepared for a championship campaign with a deluxe draft package that includes projections, strategy articles, sleepers, busts, a cheat sheet generator, and so much more. And you're guaranteed additional access throughout the regular season. So put your gloves on now, even while it's hot outside, and get into mid-season form. Go to rotoexperts.com and register for the 2017 Exclusive Edge Fantasy Football Package. Enter code FREERADIO at checkout for a very special discount.
1: Welcome back, everybody. You are listening to FanRag Fantasy Baseball. I'm Al Melkier, your host. And we just got a few minutes left, so I'm going to try to bring as much analysis as I can to uh, looking at the week ahead and uh, mostly look at hitter or rather look at pitchers. But there's one hitter who has me absolutely perplexed for the coming week, and that's Trey Turner. Uh, Now, the Nationals right now, and I understand rotation schedules are very fluid this time of year, but right now it looks like every starter they're scheduled to face next week, except for Julio Tehran on Wednesday, is left-handed. And Turner has been really abysmal against lefties this year. Now, I put out a Twitter poll yesterday uh, afternoon, so the, the stats uh, might be a little slightly off. But uh, what I wrote was uh, Trey Turner's hit 203 against lefties this year, 243 overall since returning. That number certainly improved yesterday. Uh, Nationals may face five left-handed starting pitchers next week. Do you start Trey Turner in a 12-team mixed roto league? 66% of you said Yes. And while he wins the poll, <laughs> I have to say, that's, that to me speaks volumes because Turner, you figure, at minimum, is going to be somebody that, that has a good chance of giving you a couple of steals. And, you know, there are any number of players that you might start just for the steals. But there were more than a third of respondents that said, you know what? You can have your steals, Trey Turner. I'm going to start somebody else. So 34% saying no. Uh, It's a very, very bad schedule for Turner next week. Uh, And the last three games against the Dodgers. So that would be, uh, it looks like Alex Wood, Rich Hill, and uh, Hunjin Ryu uh, making those starts. That that could be potentially rough uh, for Trey Turner. So um, some food for thought I will leave you with. But uh, moving on to two-star pitchers, as I I mentioned uh, in the previous segment, I did get a question from somebody specifically about two-start pitchers. Uh, So I'm going to kind of let this uh, guide my analysis here. This is from, again, at Smalls2249. uh, Wants to know if he can trust his 2 star pitchers. And uh, the ones on the roster here are Ronaldo Lopez at Kansas City at Detroit, Jose Quintana at home versus the Mets and Cardinals, Garrett Richards at home versus the Astros and Rangers, and Brandon Woodruff, uh, home versus Pittsburgh on the road at Miami. And uh I would say the the only one I wouldn't trust here out of this group, or or at least very least, uh I would, you know, look at who else you might be able to use and looking on the bench here. There are several options I would prefer. Uh I wouldn't start Richards just because I would worry about the total of innings. And and let's face it, the Astros are they're the first Of the two, I believe I'll double check that, but they're, they're, you know, they could be a, a weak destroyer. Um, the Astros. So they are, uh, and I'm short on time here. Pressure, pressure, pressure. Yes. The Astros are the first one. So I probably would rule Richards out, but Lopez is, is must start. I love those matchups, uh, at Kansas city at Detroit. I love the venues for a fly ball pitcher. Um, so I think that's really good. Quintana, yeah, at home versus the Mets. That alone, for me, makes the week for him. Uh, and Brandon Woodruff, I like a lot. Uh, maybe if, if you don't have room, if you're considering Woodruff, maybe that's uh, you know somebody that you, you can't find room for. Um, but also take a look at Kyle Gibson. He's uh, pitched very well now for the last several weeks, and he could get the Padres at home and the Blue Jays at home. So that he's widely, widely available and overlooked. Not getting any questions about Kyle Gibson. So um, that's another name I would add to the list. And Dylan Peters also as well. Um, a couple of good starts for him. And uh, he's got the Phillies and then possibly the Brewers. Anyway, sorry to throw that more time to talk about two-star pitchers, but bottom line is there's a lot of good ones. Anyway, good luck this coming week. And I'll be back next Saturday, same time, same place. Have a good one, everybody.